You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW, void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus half hour hello and welcome to half hour an entertainment podcast through two worlds entertainment i'm richie grasso and i'm jeff and we are here to bring you a casual conversation on the shows films concerts music events and performances that we see and observe throughout our careers um today we're talking about classic stage companies revival off broadway of assassins um just so you all know we saw this production on december 21st 2020 we are now here oh, i'm sorry 2021 <laughs> And we're now here in 2022 bringing you this podcast episode. And so we just wanted to start letting our listeners know when we've seen the show because so many things change with scheduling and things like that. So we saw this production on December 21st. Um, a little background here. Classic Stage Company has John Doyle as its artistic director. John Doyle also directed and designed this revive, I believe, scenic designed, um, this production of assassins at the classic stage company so that was directed and designed by john doyle um and he's also the artist director there assassins has music and lyrics by stephen sondheim a book by john weedman from an idea by charles gilbert jr um just so you all know playwrights horizons in new york city produced assassins off broadway in the year 1990 it had its first broadway production in 2004 with the roundabout theater company so here we are in 2021 i believe this was slated to come to Probably before the pandemic, off probably. Um, and then it got pushed to now. So now it's back. Um, you know, I keep saying Broadway because it's basically like seeing a Broadway show. There were yeah. so many Broadway people <laughs> in it. It was such a professional production. It was it was right at the on 13th Street, right off of Union Square downtown at a small, I believe it's 200 seat, maybe even less than 200 seat theater um, in the thrust stage um, setup. Um, this production had costume design by Anne Hould Ward. Lighting design by Jane Cox and Tess James. Sound design by Matt Stein and Sam Kuznets. Projection design by Steve Channon. And also had um, it's, it's billed as orchestrator and musical director Greg Jarrett. I could totally tell some of those orchestrations must have been new based on the way they were using instruments and things in the show. And we'll kind of talk about that in a second. Um, but there was a wonderful orchestra as well. Um, we had some wonderful stars in this show from Adam Chandler Barrett to Eddie Cooper, Tavi Gevinson. Um, we had Andy Grotolution. I hope I'm saying everyone's names right. Bianca Horn, Judy Kuhn, um, Stephen Pasquale, Ethan, Ethan Slater, Will Swenson, Wesley Taylor, Brandon Uranowitz, um, and of course the ensemble. Um, really, really, really 
star-studded cast for a really big show like this. Um, and it is running till the end of January, so just letting you all know that this is a, the classic stage company's off-Broadway revival. We're not talking about any filmed productions here that you can go see on any streaming. This is the, if you're able to go, I know it's pretty much sold out, um, but if you're able to get a ticket and go, we are going to give some spoilers for sure, so just letting you all know. So And they do have a lottery. And there is a lottery because we won <laughs> the lottery. Won, That's how man. we went to go see it. We were like, let's enter the lottery for this every day, and we won. So we were very fortunate about that. So what are your off-the-cuff remarks, Jeff? Just about this show, um, what this show is, what this production is, you know, in terms of Sondheim's wheelhouse of musicals, where this fits in, just your kind of your overall thoughts. So picking up on where we kind of left off on our little promo video, off the cuff remark after the theater, I think I said that this, I I thought that it was brilliant and it was kind of a bit of a masterpiece. Mm. Um, I really... I don't want to praise what's happening fully on what the story is about, but I do want to praise how the story was told because I think that a musical like this really brings up an important part of why did someone do something? You know, why did these assassins want to assassinate someone? And I love that we're talking about different kinds of like mental illness almost in here and like, it's just trying to get in the head of someone to figure out why they do something. And I really like that in this musical form because I think that's what we do when we watch musicals anyway. We're trying to get in the head of the piece on why this is happening and why it might not be happening, etc. So I really thought that it was done very well. You know, and I didn't know much about this. I always heard assassins, but I didn't really know that's what this was about, that it was about the people that tried to attempt to kill the president or people that did kill the president. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean. It's a, it's, a, it's a wild idea. It's a wild idea for like a movie or a play. And then to add music is really interesting, too. Um, personally, do I think it's Sondheim's greatest work? I don't. I don't think it's necessarily his greatest work. It's hard to kind of say what his greatest work is because he has so many great moments and songs in so many great works. Um, this was very controversial when this first came out. It was mixed review. It still gets a mixed vibe. This production is getting a great review. Um, I personally believe that a show can come to the mainstream and the limelight at an appropriate or an inappropriate time. Mm-hmm. This is... This kind of is is it's interesting to me that this revival was slated to come before the pandemic and then we had the January 6th insurrection during the pandemic and then as we know at the end of this that was put into the projections at the end. Yeah. How something can happen in the world and really change a direction of this piece. It's a I think it's a great idea. It's wild, it's crazy, it's chilling, it's dramatic, it's weird. It's like all these emotions you don't normally feel in the theater. Usually I'm either like, wow, that was so moving and emotional or oh my god, that was so funny. It's usually like light or, or like like um laughter or sadness. I yeah. left the theater <laughs> feeling like, oh, this is weird, but I like it, but I don't like that, but I like that, but what? But right. ah, but it was like this weird. And I will be honest, there was a few uncomfortable moments for me with you know, there was a lot of um a lot of gun usage on the stage and when we read things about, you know, guns in schools today and we read things on guns uh, and then the problems there or the Alec Baldwin scenario where the gun went off and accidentally killed someone on set. Like you get nervous and they're swinging these guns around, you know, of course they're props. Yeah. Um, 
But the sound effects that go off kind of are jarring too. And, and I'm sitting in a theater and I'm like, oh my God. And it's just like, there's that vibe to it. It's this like uncomfortability, which I'm assuming the actors who do this all the time are kind of more used to it now. But so there's like that feeling of it. But stepping away from that for a second and just talking about the piece, I feel like it's, 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 I was worried that something like this glorifies these people. Right. And I don't feel like it does. It just kind of opens the average American eye or just the average eye in general, because this show is done all over the world, to what people have done. Listen, I know that John F. Kennedy was assassinated. I know that Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. I didn't know that there were all these other attempts. I just didn't. I didn't know that there was multiple other people like this who all tried. And then... It's like, how do you bring this all together? They're all different time periods. They're all different types of guns. They're all different types of attempts. They're all different time periods. But when they're all together in the middle of the show, they're all together in like a bar, I guess, because they're all like drinking. Or maybe it's like, I, I actually envision it as like a hell of sorts. Right. When they're all together, I'm like, oh, it makes sense for them to be talking to each other. It makes sense for them to be like, who are you? How do you know that? What did you do? Oh, you did that? That worked for me from a dialogue perspective, from a plot perspective. I was like, oh, this is really chilling and really kind of smart. Like, what would these people be saying to each other if they were all in the room together? You know? mm, yeah. I mean, I feel that there are going to be two different types of people that watch this. There's going to be someone that literally hates it and says exactly what you're saying, that this is glorifying these people and what they've done because now they're remembered. And now they're even remembered more because, look, we now know all of their names before we knew maybe two or three. Yeah. Or there's people that are going to say, no, this is actually super important to have a musical about it or a play or whatever you want to have it represent because people always have questions after as to why someone does something. And that's what makes me think about this piece because it's like you you watch these people and you, you kind of sit and you're like, hmm, get in the head of someone else. So – Ethan Slater plays the guy who tries to well, – who does assassinate JFK. Yes, Leah Harvey Oswald. Yes. So I didn't realize that was him the whole time yeah. during the show because it's like a, a little bit of a surprise moment at yeah. the end that that's, he's becoming that. And you have all of these different characters. And for me, it's like, oh, are these – is it mentally in his head – are these characters coming to him and talking to him and saying, you need to do this to be remembered because you're just going to kill yourself and that's it. And then you won't be remembered. You'll just be remembered as the sad husband of your wife and you just left them behind. No, be remembered for something. So you have that. So you have these two different lanes of people that are like, okay, now you're telling anyone that they could be remembered for something if if you do something crazy like kill the president, assassinate the president. Yeah. Or you have people that are like, oh, I'm trying to understand why someone actually wants to do something like that. It's not understand it because I want to do it, but understand it as like it just doesn't make sense. Well, there's definitely different motives for all these people mm-hmm. too, drastically different. When you go look when you look all the way back at someone like um <clears throat> But they're all political moments. Right, but like John Wilkes Booth. And Lincoln and how he didn't like him and and what he was doing to the country, what he thought he was doing to the country, whatever. You have that. You have... You have the women who were like trying to figure out how to use a gun and like, and I don't know what I'm... You know, everyone's like in a different place here and and some... And even, yeah, like the Harvey Oswald who's like, um, I want... I don't know. You know, he's talking to the past ghost of an assassin. Like, it's just... It's crazy that 
It's a really original idea. I think um, Stontheim is quoted in an interview with the New York Times saying, like, of course this is controversial. Of course not everyone's going to like this. But um, anything almost – he said – I think he said almost anything goes in the theater now. So I'm not going to apologize for bringing this to the limelight because I think this is a story – these are stories that kind of should be told on a stage. And I also think it's interesting because there's a song in there kind of about, like, you can kind of do anything you want in this country – yeah. And I well, think that's, well there's the song Everybody's Got the Right. Everyone has the right. Yeah. And I think that's something that we hear every single day is like it's my right to yeah. do this or it's my right to do that. And that needs to really be taken with a grain of salt because it's not we don't have the right to assassinate a president. You don't have the right to get a gun and go and take it and then assassinate right. the president. But apparently in this country you do. Well, and not. Uh, I, I think the show is trying to. I don't think it's necessarily a right. It's. A, I think people think they can do whatever they want, and that's but, but unfortunately that's what keeps not true. That's unfortunate that people think that because you cannot do whatever you want. But, you know? that's, but I think that's what a lot of people say about being in this country is a lot of people do think that they can do whatever they yeah. want, and some people do do whatever they want, and then they get away with it, mm. and some people don't get away with it. I think so I it's, think it's interesting because I also think this carnival Barker style setup of the show is this like step right up and take an aim at the target because we as a society put toy guns in our hands at carnivals all the time and toy guns in remote controls and video games all the time and our fake access to video games, virtual reality, fake guns and carnivals and stuff is is at our fingertips, no pun intended. So I think like for them to make the premise of it, the proprietor who was played by Eddie Cooper was so wonderful and kind yeah. of bringing the whole story together and narrating and kind of pulling it together in that. And it's that hokey, cheesy kind of carnivaly Americana music. That's so jarring. That's so, Ooh, you know, you could have done this show with really somber, like Sweeney Todd, kill it. It, it could have been like dramatic. Yeah. And instead it was not, it was this like, Dun, 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 like politics, music, Americana. Oh, it's it a very Americana, the American dream. And the whole like being a roadie or like going to a circus. Yeah. Because that's – it almost makes it be like America's a circus. Right. And then you have and the ensemble. You, but when you also look at what they show at the end with the riots at the – White House, it look we look like a circus. Yeah, yeah. We literally look really, like a really, circus. Really, really brilliant to end with that projection <laughs> like that. I thought the projections were used well, too. I was also thinking in the beginning, like, how are we going to know all of these people and who killed who or who tried to kill who? And all it took was the image of the president mm-hmm. up there and who was pointing the gun at that image yeah. to understand exactly what needed to be. Now, I don't know if that's a book writer thing or a director thing or both, but it worked regardless. Uh, and the, just the whole like red and white and blue painted props and the masks and the flag on the floor and the jumpsuits of the ensemble were red, white, and blue. And everything was this like America, America, like let's push the America onto the audience. I think it works. It and totally I do, works. I do want to praise a lot of the directing choices yeah. that were done on that stage yeah. last night. Because we've seen things recently where the whole overall stage is not thought out. Yeah. And I think every single thing was thought out. Yeah. We saw something recently and we were like, Okay, why are transitions so bad sometimes? Yeah. And I found that you didn't even know the transitions were happening on the stage no. last night at times. And I watched one of the actors move out to center to 
do a monologue or a song or something like that. And I realized that there was transitions happening behind yeah, you on the stage. Notice. And I was like, it, it just was part of the show. The whole set was a living, breathing set. Yeah. And I think when you can accomplish that, you really know how to direct. Right, exactly. Because that's part of, direction is not just the scene, it's how do you get to the next scene. It's how do you tell the whole story. And um, anything the audience is seeing or hearing or witnessing is I think fair game and of the watched, director's choices. And I did watch that, which was great. I saw people leaving the set from all different exits of the building, of the stage. And I don't know if you noticed this, but if they left stage left and they went around and they were coming on from another point, if they were seen at any point, they were still acting. Yeah. Yeah. They were still acting, even from the ensemble members that were holding instruments. I saw them. They were they were walking in march form. Yeah. And I was that was that was so thought out. Yep. That was great. I thought the lighting was great and the sound design of the whole yes. thing was great. It makes complete sense to put it in a small space like that. Mm-hmm. That uncomfortability of being close to these people. The design the, the act and let's talk about some of these acting choices. I mean, everyone was so well cast. I mean, I, I think that um I will say I thought Bianca Horn as Emma Goldman was really, really wonderful. I, I thought she was so on it with that. Judy Kuhn, wonderful. But I really have to say, I mean, Brandon Uranowitz, Wesley Taylor, Adam Chandler Brown, they were all great. I will say though, to me, the three standouts who were exceptional were Stephen Pasquale, that voice on him. I don't think I've ever seen him in a show, and I've always wanted to. And he's got they give the ballads to John Wilkes Booth, that first person mm-hmm. who assassinated. And and they give these glorious vocals. And I'm like, oh, his voice is like And you think that was gold. actually John Wilkes Booth? Yeah, he's so committed to it. He so was committed. really, really great. I thought Will Swenson was so committed to the psychotic energy of that person. He was commanding the stage and yes. everything he was doing. Um, he was really, really, really amazing as um, Charles Gateau, I believe that's who he played. Yes. And then Ethan Slater, who yeah. the last time we saw on Broadway was SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> and then to see him like, you know, I, this was another thing, like were the director choices, you know, could he have just played that character at the end? Sure, probably. But it made complete sense to have him like narrating this with a guitar. I thought that was really chilling. And then for him to take the jumpsuit off and be um, Lee Harvey Oswald at the end, that was very interesting to me. But he that's was called the balladeer. The balladeer slash Lee Harvey Oswald. But I think that's what this story is kind of talking about because you have him that kind of comes out of his blossom at mm-hmm. the end. Yeah. Where it leads up, like, was all of what we saw ahead of this research that he was doing on how other presidents assassinated, how other assassins killed their president yeah. that they did, or how they tried to. Because then you have John Wilkes Booth have that dialogue with him talking about that he needs to go assassinate JFK. Right. So it makes you kind of wonder, like, was this a story being told to him and then how to do it? Yeah, it's great. You you know, but it's it's the artistic vision, the creators of this piece to put some of this together and say, what if, what if, mm-hmm. what if, what if, what if? And I think... I don't know. There was something – it was just chilling. There was a lot of chilling moments throughout all this. It ended with this sense of like, oh, and now let's look at what's currently happening. And I was like, oh. And was January 6th an attempt to kill the president? Like one person trying to shoot one person? No. Uh, Not that we think anyway, but it was just America – 
thinking that they could try to attempt to kill American leaders. And and that's frightening. And that was less than a year ago. And to sit in this theater now and watch this. Yeah, I, I think the whole thing is just really Well, I think it's also interesting wild. because you have the proprietor and you have um, just talking. Do you, uh, do you ever realize that some of the things, like, he just had to either report yeah. on or say and then, like, life goes on after – but, you know, you could – could you do this show with 50 people? Sure. You could have every president up there. You yeah. could have the scene spell, spilled, spelled out. You could have, you know, not one person playing the balladeer and Lee Harvey Oswald. Or, you know, like you could spread things out more. Mm-hmm. But it just makes sense to be a tighter knit ensemble no, like that. And, and it makes sense to – let's talk about the instruments being played among the singers. The voice is an instrument. Yeah. So to have the instruments surrounded, it makes sense to have your rhythm section kind of stationed upstairs, have as a base of sound. I think that makes sense. And then this just flow of music and incorporating these look what look like they're jailmates and these onesies, these one jumpers, jacket suits, walking around the stage, limited scenery, just telling a story with some sound effects and some projection. That's theater to me. It didn't need to be overproduced. It didn't need to be in a 2,000-seat theater. It didn't need to be tons of projection. I thought the projection use was perfect. Yeah. It was chilling to watch the John F. Kennedy video and watching him aiming the gun. And when the gun goes off and watching Jackie O and her reaction, we've all seen this horrible, horrible video and how they reacted that day. There was It was just smart to bring this to the stage today. Well, it's interesting In way, to also too. like go back to what you're talking about with these costumes. You have these almost like inmate Americans yeah. walking around the stage because that's what it makes you feel like that everyone else is just a pawn in someone else's scheme. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're just there. And when something happens, we all have to take it in. We have to talk about it. We have to then move on. Mm-hmm. But it also just shows you like, oh, a political leader can just be assassinated and then we move on. And it's, yeah. And, and, and I think I keep bringing it back to what does this mean today? When you talk about January 6th, when you talk about all these shootings that are happening and guns and what do guns mean? That song that they sing, um, I think it's called the gun song, but it's, with the little finger, they keep saying just a little finger. That's you know, it's just it's psychotically crazy. Some of yeah. the way this was written, um, and I also want to bring it back to first of all, one designer I had left off was the wig designer Charles G. Lapointe. I forgot to mention him earlier, but um, I want to read Classic Stage Company's mission. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to realize why did this theater company decide to do this now? And Classic Stage Company's mission is. Classic stage company is committed to reimagining classic stories for contemporary audiences. It is a home for New York's finest established and emerging artists to grapple with great works of the world's repertory that speak directly to the issues of today. Mm-hmm. So, of course, this is a show that makes complete sense to do right now. Yes, because we're in a really hostile political climate right now where you have one side going way down one that way, way yep. and you have one side going way the other way. Right. And for me, that's like, no one is out to get you. And if you are so passionate about your views on the politics, then you need to look at something else. Yeah. Because it just doesn't make sense to me. Everything in this world is made up. And I think we forget that sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's made up by man. Mm-hmm. So 
if you think like, oh, my views are not being um, represented right now, I need to go assassinate the president, then you're thinking wrong. Well, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's literally crazy. And I think people need to see this to see how psychotic all of these other people were. Yeah. And I because think that's always, kind of what this musical displays. Right. It shows psychoticness. And it doesn't matter the time period or the technology of gun that they had or no. the technology at all that they had. No. Um, I, yeah, I, I think there's also something to be said about, you know, I bring it back to Sondheim because he just passed. He actually was able to see this production before he passed. Uh, we are really infatuated with the company revival on Broadway right now, which is wonderful. And everybody's remembering that. But don't forget, like, you know... 30, 40 streets down in a small black box style theater is another great work. And I think what is so astonishing about Stephen Sondheim is he can write about Gypsy Rose Lee and then he can write about Maria and Tony and then he can write about assass- presidential assassins and then he could write about Cinderella and the Wolf and Into the Woods and then he could write <laughs> like that's brilliance to me. If you have a career that span and you could Sweeney Todd and a little night music and these, these shows, you, he, was able to write really about anything. Mm-hmm. He was able to find something, and, and this sparked his interest. You know what? I, I could write about that. And I think that's smart because, like I said, it's not just the, a, a play. It's not just a movie or a screenplay. There was music here. And I almost need to go back and listen to this album again and really soak in some of these lyrics because yeah. I always think his lyrics are so brilliant. And and to sink into some of that the Americana music, I understood the theme of the music, but the lyrics, some of it was really fast. I got to go back and listen to some of those lyrics. Yeah, again. some of it was fast. But it's also like, I, I do love how his interpretation of it is this hokey, campy Americana style thing for these people. Yeah. Because sometimes I think that's how America is viewed by the rest of the world. <clears throat> these hokey, campy country style Americana were the best. You know, but then there was also some of the um, attempted assassins were or assassins were um, were immigrants. Mm-hmm. They talked about people who that were, a couple of them like it was all it was just d- different people from different states from different countries. It was like, and they were all di- and I thought I thought the costume design was great to see these different time periods of these like, crazy people. Some of them present crazy from the first look. Some of them do not present crazy from the first look. And so, and it was interesting too. I one more thing I wanted to say was. There were moments where the audience was like laughing and I was like, I don't know if I want to laugh right now because this whole thing is crazy. And like, I don't want to be laughing at these crazies, but like to pick up on the audience's energy. I wonder if many people have seen productions of this before. And I wonder what their take on this is of a previous version to what the version is now. Or the American history buffs in the audience, too, because there's such American history here. I didn't know half of these characters. I knew some of these characters on stage, of course, but I didn't know all of them. So if I I think what some people might feel is that it is laughable at times. You don't want to laugh, but sometimes the way that these people are acting is laughable. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it just, I just, it sits with me in that way that. It was super interesting, and I love theater like this. You know, yeah. It's, this is what <laughs> this is what makes the world go round, and and just reorchestrating it, and redirecting it, and re bringing it to the modern age. And what will this? You know, I said, I said, I think I was saying to you when I left the show. I said, what it? What happens in twenty years? Mm-hmm. And what happens in forty years? And what happens in sixty years? Could this show every ten or twenty years be done and done differently? Yeah, it really could. It could be done telling the stories again, telling, and then how do you end it? What will we what will we be ending this story with in 20 years from now? 
Well, hopefully it's not anything else. And hopefully it's, God forbid, exactly not more. But but when you look at how American history is rolled out, there's we've had four presidents assassinated mm-hmm. and mo- others attempted to be assassinated. That's really scary. Yeah. And that's frightening. And it's just a commentary on American culture. Right, what is musical theater? It's a commentary about- on life. Life is all the world's a stage. Life is on stage. So what you put on stage is what's happening in life. Unfortunately, this is something that's happening in life right yeah, now. Yeah, that's really what scary. they were saying about in 2018 where pipe bombs were sent to the White House to yeah. – what potentially assassinate uh, yeah. Obama, the Obama candidacy here? Yeah, because it yeah. was multiple packages. Yeah, that's crazy. And I remember they don't include that in the show, obviously, yeah. because this was written ahead of time. Yeah, but I'm just saying people yeah. people will do what they want to do. Yeah. So, but uh, up oh, there it is, uh, ding ding ding. <laughs> so recap, recap, final thoughts. Go. You go first. Okay, I'll go first. All right. Um, I didn't know this show before going into it. I'm glad I know this show now. It's definitely um, chilling. It's it's dramatic. It's frightening. It's very important, though, to be telling something like this now and to be opening people's minds to what has happened and – and it was staged beautifully. The music is amazing. I think it's just a great it, – it got extended to the end of January, and I strongly suggest people keep entering lotteries and keep trying to get a last-minute rush or cancellation ticket and just sit in that theater. It's an hour and 45 minutes, no intermission. You're in and out. Try to get there. I thought it was I thought it was really, really, really – it's smart theater. I like smart theater. We don't always get smart theater and I or presented professional smart theater all the time. And I, I, was, I was grateful to have seen this. I'll say I'm in agreement with you that this is smart theater and it's the kind of theater that I truly love and enjoy. It's one of those pieces, though, that it's either going to work or it's not going to work. And I think when people take risks, sometimes it does work. Yeah. And I think that this is one of those yeah. that works. It tells a story that is probably it does is not going to sit well with most, but I think you have to look more at what the deeper meaning of this piece is. Yep, yep, yep. So that's that's what I have to say. There we go. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening. We have lots of great podcasts coming up for you in 2022. Some podcasts about new music coming out, new films coming out, movie, movies and musicals and, and, and plays and things. We're, we're entering that new part of the year here. So we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Music. Leave us a review there if you love what you heard. We also want you to join our conversation, engage with us, head over to our Instagram at Half Hour Podcast and comment on this latest post about the podcast episode. We'd love to hear from you. That's at Half Hour Podcast on Instagram. Uh, That's about it for now. We have more to come in the coming weeks and months. So thank you all for listening. Signing off for now, I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Saying ta-ta. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.